Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, flagship show of the Bitcoin Podcast Network, and I am your first host, Cello. And I'm host number two, D. And I'm host number three, Dr. Corey Petty. What's up? Back for uh, another one, guys. Back at it. It's another Back one. Three of us. I realize we never did a DevCon 4 part two. No, we yeah, didn't. I, we could just I make this. That we could just make this, that. No, we can't. Why not? We've got to do a DevCon part fuck you two want. recap. I know, but we said DevCon part one. This could be DevCon part two slash interview. Yeah. All right. Um, what'd you do after we left? We left. Me and D left halfway through. Yeah. Y'all y'all were bitch made and left. <laughs> was it my fault? It's Chell's fault. All your all your kids <laughs> and family <laughs> needs. Yeah. Trying to trying to get to your kids for Halloween and all that. And it's bitch made. Yeah, I was like hounding your wife to find me a piggy bank. That's how bitch made I am. <laughs> and I'm a generous friend. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll why did you why did you go home, D? I feel because, like that was dumb. Because Cello asked me he didn't want to fly alone across the world. Is that true, Cello? I didn't word it like that, but I think D was picking up on my vibes. <laughs> I didn't word it like that, but that's what you said. You I were like, like I don't want to fly alone. Help. No, I didn't say it like that, but you know, no. it would have been nice to have some company on a nine hour flight. I don't feel I mean, safe. It sound like a damn yeah, damn it's a stress. My bad. <laughs> I don't I don't feel safe and I need you to ride. No, uh, that was pretty much it. Like I think it would suck if you I was traveling for twenty hours in a day and like or twenty hours straight and there was nobody traveling with me and it was just like me having to recharge my headphones and shit like i don't know it, so i was like well i'll come back with it's defcon so. man it's just so much so much stuff's going on like okay yeah so the uh, catalina wine mix bro. <laughs> you don't just fucking leave halfway through the catalina wine mix <laughs> there's so uh, many there's so many people to meet there's so much going on uh, it's you can't absorb it all. Like I'm probably gonna spend the next couple of weeks just watching DevCon videos whenever I get my hands on them. Yeah. Um. Oh. But uh, so like the first day y'all left, I actually only went for half the day. Um, I have to try to remember what I did because it's it's all kind of brain mush. But I spent I actually got to walk around Prague a bit and do all the stuff y'all were doing while I was while I was like balls deep into like status status stuff. Yeah. So I saw the castle, walked over the bridge, Aaron did some shopping. Nice, nice. It's uh, like a beautiful day out there. That's a, it's a really cool city. It's just, it's like, like I don't know. I was, I was walking through like that old town and then to the bridge as you walked. Did y'all, did y'all end up doing that? 
did. Uh, D went to Charles Bridge. Is that what you're talking about? I yeah. didn't go to Charles Bridge. Yep, I did go to Charles Bridge. It's, it's really, really cool if there weren't millions of people there. That's Well, yeah. I, I was there at like 4 in the morning. Oh, okay, that's so, a very different experience than than what yeah. I had. <laughs> it was really dark and gloomy. It was like sleepy hollow looking. I I literally got scared and was like, Lucian, I'd rather turn back. <laughs> this is pretty eerie out here. My dogs are fighting. So, um, I will say, know, why aren't there just bodies splattered all over the streets the way people drive and like nobody gets hit? Nobody like when someone makes a sharp left turn, they come millimeters from hitting somebody, and no one flinches, no one yeah. blinks. Yeah, I felt like I felt like a lot of people should be dying a lot more often there, oh, totally. just like just by getting hit by cars. Well, I think that's the thing is that uh, maybe they were dead and we were seeing spirits walk around. Yeah, that's that's the clear explanation. <laughs> um, but yeah, but back to DefCon. Uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 probably my favorite event to go to every year just because of the like who all is there and like, yeah. like the way like everyone's kind of open to learning, I, I, but it's too big. It's, it's, it, if it grows any more next year, it's going to be too big. Well, um, uh, they can always have it in multiple places. Like, uh, sure, like, yes. the, like the super conference did where they had the, uh, the main building a, and then the spillover was like in building B maybe, but I don't think I need to do much like, uh, announcements. Like some of the talks are more like, Almost like announcements. I think they should just do like it should just be a whole thing of workshops because most of the like most of the attention that the people who are there or the value you get out of going to something like that is going and doing the workshops where you can learn from the people to teach you how to do stuff and you can ask questions there because otherwise just it's, just, it's no different than watching a video and clapping. All right, who, who, who that's true. You do what that if anywhere. they sold? What if they sold tickets per day and each day had a different? Um, what do you call it? If you're gonna if you're gonna fly across Drag. the world to go to something, then you should you should get more out of it than a single day. That's true. I think it's just I Mar- um, I personally feel it should just be all workshops and like and, and get-togethers because the majority of the of the value, in my opinion, is is the people that are there and meeting up with people and, and like having real time like with them. And it was the same thing for status, right? It's we're a decentralized company, and you can get a lot more done if you have everyone in one one place, and you can talk and get and like hash out some of the things that you haven't been able to do so, like over VoIP or Skype or whatever. True, but uh, then I then I I emceed uh, the last day on one of the one of the main rooms that talked about mostly like scalability and things like that, uh, but you like nerdy hashing stuff which i really enjoyed Crip so what Zero. did you like and what did you not like i liked everything man what i don't like is that it's too big and i can't absorb it all like there's you could you could literally not go to anything not go to anything that they actually do and just hang out outside of the rooms and talk to people and get a tremendous amount of value going to devcon oh. and people do that that's what a lot of people do that that seems like a waste of money no, because there's no other thing. There's not a lot of things that happen throughout the year where you get this many, uh, like, of the people who are building things, like the like the like the leaders of large projects, all in the same place, who are pushing the technology forward, all in the same place. And so you can like the collaboration and, and like 
figuring out what like what the state of the art is and where things are going happens there. Hold on, my dogs yep. are still playing right in the back. Yeah, you got to do something about there. They are doing jujitsu in the background. Yeah, they're just doing dog jitsu, like right, right next to my desk, like having a grand all time. They're going for it. Anyway. I, yell yeah, I mean, I can understand that. And especially being a developer, you'd want to be hanging out with like-minded developers. It'll spark your creative juices. Maybe you've been working on a problem. You got a problem you've been trying to solve for like three weeks. Bosses on your ass. And you're like, damn, I can't get it done right now. And then you go out to DevCon. You talk with your homie that you usually only talk to on Slack from around the world. And then, boom, he sparks your creative juices and you solve the problem. You go back into work. Everybody loves you again. I get that. That's a very specific scenario, but that could have happened. It could have happened. Yeah. And so. I mean, I'm going to go every year, but I hope it does. Oh, oh, one night. So that that same night that I uh, didn't, I didn't, we spent walking around Prague. Uh, So we went to the castle. And I had I had texted or I tweeted uh, Taylor and Kevin from my crypto about hey you guys you want to grab some dinner they're like hey we can't out we're doing like a family dinner tonight how about tomorrow and so that was the night that I walked around Prague and so um, uh, as I was was leaving the castle uh, I got some Twitter notifications and like Kevin's like hey can you come to this and it was this this uh, Adapt Awards ceremony. Which was like a, like a kind of like an exclusive invite only event uh, that they were going to to be a part of this. And I was like, oh man, I don't think I can make it because it was we were you know having a beer at a bar next to the castle. I had no idea where they were, and it was a five minute walk from where our our bar was. I was like, oh shit, I might be able to make that. And so we ended up going. And I was like, I don't have a ticket to this. And Kevin and Taylor were like, oh, don't worry about it. You're with us. And they literally just like, hey, he's with us. And me and Aaron walked into this thing. So that was awesome. Nice. Uh. And it was it was it was in the like a music uh, a music museum of Prague, and it's like a really cool venue. It was put on by um, a company called Mainframe, which I think also supports as one of the uh, like funders of my crypto. But they did a really good job in terms of like setting it up and having like a nice quality like a three course meal event. Where they, you know, had panels and talks and things like that. I didn't agree with some of the content of it or like the questions and conclusions of it. But mm-hmm. and then like they had uh, awards for various various types of things. I don't have the card with me right now, but it was like you know most influential, uh, most useful, uh, best media source, uh, best mainstream media source. We weren't even listed, but we're not mainstream, so it's like CNBC and Forbes and shit. Mm. And was then, there uh, a best a best side stream media source? And they were like, no, I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. But uh, we need an award, right? I think that would make it worthwhile. What we award winning the award winning podcast network. Yeah, we want to we want to win an award. What if we just make one up? Because I feel like that's what they did. It was the first like the first inaugural uh, like award ceremony, which eventually could be a big thing. It was really, like, it was really well put on. I saw Vanek Gupta there, Alex Van Zandt. I talked with uh, Eric Voorhees for a while. Like it was like they they brought the who's who into this thing, and wow. but it was like the the, like the awards were like it felt like they just said you know this guy showed up so he gets the award kind of situation because no one really knew about it. 
Crypto's getting a big head about it. So it's <laughs> but they, oh, the, the best part about this whole thing, I mean, the food was great, people were great, wine was great, whatever. Uh, they played this commercial that was fucking hilarious. Like, very oh, well done. Thing? Yeah, the lemonade thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's where they, like, revealed it, and they did, they did a fantastic job, like, making fun of ourselves and, like, and how crappy everything works and the user experience and where we are and, like, and how kind of ridiculous it is. Yeah. And it doesn't make much sense. And then the afterwards, way. we went and had some beers with uh, Taylor and Kevin. Which Dude, was, so much beer. Uh, it's all the same beer. It's all the exact, like, like oh, it's the Prague beer. You can have the dark Prague beer or the light Prague beer, and that's it. It is <laughs> and it isn't. Like, certain different places have better light beer. But you, uh, you, yeah. you go into every place, though, and you just say beer. They're like, okay. Bring it to you. Unless, you, unless you say, like, I want a Guinness or I want a... I don't even think they had Bud Light or anything like that, or like you know what I mean. They don't, they don't have like what they would consider imports, like American American shitty lagers. Uh, it's just it's all the same beer. It's just like I want a beer. They're like okay, I'll bring you the beer. The same weird, you know. I did. I did bottle. have a Corona at a bar, and he was like, "Excuse me," and I was like, "Yeah, you can wipe the dust off that bottle and serve it to me." <laughs> you have uh, a lime? It's like what's a lime? Yeah, uh, I've been eating schnitzel my whole life because I'm German, and the best schnitzel I've ever ate was that week was it at that place we went with uh like reem and 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 kevin no that was top 10 but the best was uh the food tour that we went on with your wife that oh. you unfortunately missed. yeah talk about that because i i, I was pretty jealous about y'all going on we went we went to all those places that y'all went to afterwards for like a real meal yeah. uh but food tour sounded pretty pretty awesome yeah it was just it was a lot of stuff that i thought was going to be nasty like they give you fried cheese and it ended up being like everything was like top ten best things I ever ate. You know? <laughs> yeah, that and fried cheese thing was amaze balls. It was so good. And then you know everything is accompanying a beer. So if you had fried cheese, just in your mind, oh, a pint followed that. All right. Then we had like soup, another pint. Uh, we had like uh, you know pork, uh, some some uh, hand cut noodles that they make right then and there. A lot of desserts. We went to a butcher and got to see like all the meats. Uh, me, me and D were the only one that kept it real, and we were like, "Tartar is gross. It's not cooked. You can have that back." <laughs> and everybody else was pretending like it was amazing. It's not. But everything else was great. Like they had meatloaf, and they put mustard and a pickle on it, and you think it's disgusting. Nope, best thing I ever ate in my life. So it was uh, very weird. But it worked out. How about that that restaurant, the, lo spicy, lo the local restaurant that was called was called local. Like if you went in there, you'd be like, "This place is garbage. It's like a subway." Mm -hmm. And it like the story behind it makes you really appreciate it. Right? I, if someone who walked in there unknowing the story, we'd be like, "I don't want to eat here. This, this food's hard sucks." But it was like a so back was like ten to fifteen years ago. All restaurants and cafeterias were called restaurant and cafeteria and served the exact same food for the exact same price across the entire country until like yeah. they got rid of that 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 socialist thing yeah and t italian food wasn't even introduced until 2010 and so it was like eight that, years ago yeah so that place was one of those restaurants yeah. i could tell too <laughs> and they, but they revamped the menu entirely into like really really great food but like it still looks like kind of a dump yeah d and i went to this pizza place and we ordered one pizza and we thought it was going to be a slice, but we ended up ordering, like, it was a whole pizza. And then D was like, I thought this was just a slice. And the guy was like, y'all are big boys. Y'all need it. And then walked away. <laughs> yeah. We're like, he's not wrong. 
Yeah, I did oh. eat the whole pizza. <laughs> and so that was DevCon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's nothing really exciting, like, announcement-wise coming out of DevCon, right? They're, they're still working on through scaling. We are now calling F2.0 uh, back to Serenity, which was the original plan to call it Serenity. Um, proof of stake is going to be interesting transition. Like apparently you're like burning ETH to create these proof of stake ETH on a new proof of stake chain. So it's going to be a transition from proof of work to proof of stake. Yeah. It's I like a gradual transition success. from the legacy chain to uh, the, the F2.0 or Serenity chain. Which is it a, does like bring a, a some, mixture of change. Some good conversations. I don't know. Like I feel like you can never put a cap on the ether if you do that because not everybody's gonna swing over at the. Nobody, everybody, not everybody's gonna swing over either. Like Bitcoin's having this problem. It's been a year now, and there's only fifty-one percent segwit adoption, and that's with BTC, not with that Bcash debacle. So, like with ether. Like not everybody's gonna hear about it, and they're just gonna be using that proof of work chain. Meanwhile, the hash rate's dropping, and they don't even know. And it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. I think it'll be. But everything this industry does is interesting. So, yeah, man. Every time I look at Reddit, it's like I, there's so many things that I need to read, and so like you know, almost, almost like landmark announcements. Excuse like me. this country is playing with voting or like we have the new thing and in, in production now like this this scaling solution in production get, go test it out or it's, it's, there's too much to hold on to like i literally can't follow even a fraction of what's going on anymore yeah it, it's it's really tough to keep up with um you know people are also doing their own devcon recaps like coinbase's blog has a devcon recap now um they it's weird yeah things are what did you say joe they jacked our idea we were the, we were the first to do devcon recaps we just do uh, them real late i'm pretty <laughs> sure we were not but we definitely we, bring our omar own flavor to it. crypt zero omar bam is, is he's he's doing it live like i think i think he has he has the getting information to the listeners as fast as possible with quality like like done the best he's doing it the best i think yeah, I he was. He had. He was in the front row of the of the of the session I moderated. It was like from like one to four or something like that, in a room. He was just sitting in the front row with a camera set up, streaming everything, like commenting, and then he would go around and then like do, do the Omar Bam thing. But like he, no one else is doing that. You'd, you'd think no. there'd be more people. It's a lot of work to not get paid unless the company is behind Point you. Base, get this I mean, he's Omar's getting paid somehow. He's, he can't podcast. travel that much and not get paid. Yeah. Oh no, they don't have a podcast. They do do interviews on their Coinbase blog called Coinbase Conversation. Their first one was for Esther Faro. Interesting. Be for real. Um, Three years ago. Keep up. Keep up, Coinbase. <laughs> yeah. Um, things are changing. Uh, to tell you how much things are changing, I don't know when the last time you guys opened your Coinbase app is, but it is awkward seeing eight digital assets Dude, in there. As, I did that yesterday. As I like to call them, dassets. And you open that bitch up and you're like, whoa, this is cool. It's really colorful. Can we talk about that, though? How come uh, basic attention token did not result in the Coinbase effect? It actually went down when it got added. I don't. I think the the like irrational exuberance is over. 
Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think we're going to hit another. I can't, I don't know. Maybe it's hard. I don't think, oh, how do I say this? Uh, I'm will. back and forth, but I don't think it's going to be as crazy as last time once we go up again. Like, it's not going to be this, like, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah. I'm rich now out of nowhere. I think it will. It's just going to take a long time, a lot longer than it took last time. I was, well, I mean, if we go by patterns, though, isn't each bull run more massive than the last? Is that, we think that's no. over? It's not more massive than the last. It's it's on average fourteen hundred percent. It just it looks that um, way because the numbers grow like the way just the way the percentages work. Like the percentages are always the same, but since it's steady increase, right? Percentage change of a large number is much much more. It's a much much much, much larger number. Yeah, if it went from like eighteen bucks to three hundred dollars, that's a good jump. But if we're the all time high is nineteen thousand, it would have to go to like you know hundred fifty thousand. Hundred fifty. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I, I mean, I'm not sure it's going to happen in Bitcoin. I mean, it really depends on whether or not the Lightning Network can can deliver what it's been trying to deliver for a long time, or if they can then it, it put in more uh, like base layer improvements, like Schnorr signatures and no. things like that. Otherwise, I don't. I don't see it doing anything. Well, the demand is higher now um, than it was right before it jumped up in 2017 and there's new tech too so batching transactions that's pretty much going to be ubiquitous by what 2020 the batching back bc bch 32 protocol where you can batch the outputs together there's less bitcoin to go around there's less bitcoin to go around um there's like what 17 million now so if you take into account how many or if you take into account how many Bitcoin are lost, then we're approaching the cap like next year. Like that's that's how that's there's that's there's only that many that's ever gonna be in circulation. Um so there's a lot of factors that play into it. And I need to get back on like I I've spent too much time in Ethereum. I need to learn more, do more like Bitcoin development and stay on track of what's going on there because I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on, but no one's really covering it, and I don't I don't really trust the mouthpieces that are talking or like the, um, that are the loudest in crypto Twitter. Oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm mm. a I'm a trustable guy. I kind of try to keep up with Bitcoin because I respect my elders. Um, like there's a lot of Lightning development happening, but it's still not user friendly like at all. Like two people can't fund the channel yet, and which is really sad, right? Because two people should be able to fund the channel, but they can't. Um, let's see. Casa is doing big things because they're making it really easy to spark up lightning nodes, which I love because I would love, man, I'd start the geek squad of fucking crypto tomorrow and just go to merchants and say, you see this little box right here? This is going to make it so you don't have to pay Visa 3% a month. You know, Boom. Grid Plus released their uh, Lattice One agent finally, which is like the like basically a, 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 an HSM for a person, like a like a security module, like a personal security mm -hmm. module, hardware security module for 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 the individual that like sits at your oh, house oh. and becomes yeah, sits in your house and becomes like the arbiter of of dealing with crypto transactions, and then you can set you know permissions on various applications on how much they can withdraw from what account based yeah. on a certain set of rules and so like that they released that which has a lot to i think if i think that can take off like i think that's well in my opinion 
that's more important than the actual energy play that GridPlace is doing. Because it yeah. bootstraps getting people to have full nodes of various kinds or like, the, or like actually do key management properly while it's still being usable and not, and not like incredibly cumbersome. But if, if people are signing up for electricity, do they want another device in their house? Well, it says automatic payment thing. But then if it does a lot more, then it's worth it, in my opinion. Like it, electricity is just like the way that, like, oh, you're using us? Well, then we're going to ship you a pro- ship you this thing that, that you need to interact with in order to automatically pay your energy bill and, and exchange for things and possibly make money off the energy you produce. It's like if you get, if you get like solar or... Uh, like a like a wind like a wind generator on your land that comes yeah. with a lot of other stuff that's required to make that thing operate and store the energy and exchange the energy with uh your your local energy provider or the or the grid so it's no different with grid plus it's like you just you need this thing in order to negotiate energy prices and swapping out the credits but if it does uh-huh. a lot more for like managing your crypto and running services to potentially passively make money then that's a big deal It'd be cool if it were a gas station. It can um, be. It can be a gas relayer. I mean, that's just smart contract stuff. Does crypto still need gas stations? That was kind of a big deal last year at DevCon, but I didn't see it take off this year. Like, even I was pumped. I was like, Corey, man, as soon as we hit back in the States, we need a TBP gas station. And everybody needs to see that on the Ethereum network that we're providing gas to everybody. And we're going to make some fucking money. There's a few so, you know. implementations. <laughs> There's a few implementations where you get, like you can use gas relayers and meta transactions and universal logins help with a lot of that stuff. Uh, so like you, people can just get crypto enough to worry about having Ether in their account to use it. Mm. Uh, I think if anybody's using that lattice grid, they should come on the show. Tell us your experience. Well, the... the Carl's coming on, uh, hashing it out soon-ish this month to uh, talk about the grid and and Carl what it's for. No, ha, not Carl, Carl Flourish. Different Carl. He's the oh, okay. the founder of Grid Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to hear that one. Should get Walter hashing it out is getting some praise, man. That celebrity moment at dinner was kind of cute. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> that happened. Uh, guy walked up. It's like, hey, man, I know you're. Uh, my, is this uh, y'all too big to talk to a fan? I was like, fuck no. Uh, we have our own table. Get the get out of here. <laughs> yeah, we just, they, they made this, this table, table for, from us. The back for us. Get was, your ass back to your table. I thought that lady went to go look to see if there was like somebody getting up, and then we just see her like pushing a table into a corner by herself. Well, so the manager came over and said, "Do you know who they are? Do you know who they are? Get them a table immediately, or you're fired." I yeah, bet we wish that had yeah. that had to be what happened. <laughs> yeah. By the way, guys, when you go to Prague, your eating experience different every time. Yeah. There's no standards. They will, they will just say like, if, if if the if all the tables are filled up, they'll just say we're full. And there's like, is there a waiting time? They're like, no, we're full. Go away. Yeah. They're like, is somebody gonna leave soon? Like, we don't know. We're full. Go away. And if you're like, uh, uh, oh, if we were like, yeah. okay. Well, <laughs> we're we don't want to do that. We're going to throw some America at you and say, we're just going to stay here until somebody leaves. <laughs> and they were like, uh, let me go see if there's a table. And we were like, cool, they're going to go see if there's a wait time. And next thing we know, they're br- they're literally bringing a table out and putting it in an empty spot. It's like, it like a high traffic area, too. It wasn't like a... Yeah. Like a- you know, like this part of the room that no one was using. It was like where they were walking back and, and to, to and from a different yeah. room. 
Yeah. We could have easily had something spilled on us. Daddy, get some more. Uh, my bad. Oh my God, is that Ophelia? Was that Ophelia? They say yes. Yeah. Dang, her voice is getting deep. Dang, she's growing fast. We're getting old, guys. We should transition into the interview. Yeah, so here I am on the couch. I'm watching Shark Tank, and in walks Dimitri Love, and he mentions cryptocurrency. And I was like, I'm going to get him on the show. And I did. You're welcome. So <laughs> I asked him a bunch of questions on what it is like to be in the tank. He actually got a deal for Mr. Wonderful, and he is taking crypto into the mainstream 250,000% at a time. And you'll you'll yeah. know what I mean when you hear the interview. So, you know, what do you, D, you were there with me. Anything to add? Um, with a name like Dimitri Love, are you surprised that he's reaching success? I mean, <laughs> come on. His parents knew what was uh, going on. Yep. So, without further ado, here it is. All right. Hey, hey. Uh, special guest of the week, Dimitri Love. Of course, here I am watching Shark Tank, and I hear the words crypto. And my eyes pop out of my head. So I, I had to invite Dimitri on the show. His project is Bundle, which allows you to invest your spare change in the crypto and other assets. Basically, it allows you to invest intelligently. Uh, and you can check it out at enjoybundle.com. Uh, Dimitri, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, I appreciate you all having me on. Yeah, give us a little uh, you know, background on yourself and, and how you find yourself at the intersection of crypto and uh kind of building this app i think it was like uh the same thing we all experience you know when, when we're in the space you know your mom's like how do i how do i get in the space and you're like well okay what's the easiest way i can do this so uh I, i'm kind of thinking that's kind of what lends itself oh yeah yeah um so obviously you guys know from the show i was a software engineer um i had gotten into cryptocurrency um i was a uh pretty avid investor and futures trader um, you know, that kind of runs in the family a little bit. So I was already in the investing scene, um, kind of got into crypto, fell in love with it, fell in love with the technology, obviously, cause I was a developer. Um, and once it started getting big, you know, I had, you know, a ton of family members come up to me like, Hey, you know, you know, what's up with this Bitcoin stuff? And I'm like, yeah, what you want to know? And they're asking me like how to buy it. And, you know, I thought it was pretty intuitive, you know, cause there's many exchanges out there to go buy it, but you know, the mass people don't really understand exchanges and how they work and what to do. So I thought of bundle so you can invest your spare change from debit and credit card purchases into cryptocurrency without even thinking about it. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely what's, it, what's crazy is like this app. It, it's not a new idea. Like me and D we've been in the space for years, so we've seen iterations of this app over the years. But mm -hmm. what I like about you though is when you appeared on Shark Tank, you said that your app was only like two months old. So you went mm -hmm. at this like rocket launch speed. You, oh. got a, you got a shark to invest, but you're you're moving at a pace much faster than your competitors. Was that always like your intention? Oh yeah, I mean we so we definitely saw some competitors out there. Um, honestly, you know I thought I could do it a ton better. Um, you know I wanted to provide a beautiful UI. I wanted to you know focus on the user. A lot of people. Um, we're kind of focusing more on the crypto gurus and the, the veteran crypto investors, which is fine. Um, but I wanted to reach the masses. I want to reach someone, you know, 
uh, out in the sticks that knows about Bitcoin but doesn't know anything else and has no idea what to do. I want them to be able to sign up, you know, link up their bank account and be able to invest in Bitcoin passively and safely. Were you nervous talking to the sharks? Are they ner- are they nerve wracking when they're staring at you? Yes and no. Um, I was very aware. Um, as you guys saw on the show, I had a little bit of a uh, trouble with my pitch. Um, and that was more due to, um, I had very limited time, uh, with the preparation, um, for that pitch. Um, you know, they actually Shark Tank actually reached out to me. I didn't actually apply to them. Um, oh, really? They do that now. They do. Yeah. For, for people that they really want on the show, they'll hit you up and be like, Hey, you know, want to be on Shark Tank? Um, and obviously I said yes, because who would not say yes to that? Um, yeah, they showed you like fumbling the pitch, but I, I just thought it was like special editing to make it seem that way. Oh. I've been told that some pitches oh. take hours and then mine they literally it down like six minutes. Yep. Mine was an hour and a half. They, that was the first 30 seconds after that I had finished my pitch perfectly and I crushed the, the rest of the interaction. Um, but of course, oh. they, they they focus on that. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, make good TV. I'm glad they did it because obviously, you know, I still came out on top. I got a deal. Um, mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Because I messed up. You know, doesn't mean that I suck or anything. So, how's it been? Like, are they, are you even allowed to say like what it's like working with a shark? Is is it is it fun? Is it? Are you in a boot camp? Are you in like a factory of people that work with sharks? And there's like a a line to, to out the door to talk to the shark. I mean, I can't say too much on that front. What I can say is that communicating with Kevin's team is very pleasant. Um, they're really nice. They're very very smart, um, and they make everything really easy. Does he so make it, you call it, you Mister Wonderful? Well, is it more like interaction with Mr. Wonderful or is it more like uh, like his team and he's just like overseeing? Not so much. I mean, obviously, you know, Mr. Wonderful is kind of, you know, A-list celebrity. He's on TV all the time. He's ridiculously busy and also has like, you know, hundreds of portfolio companies. So um, he's pretty torn in all many different directions. Um, so I mainly talk to, you know, he has a very, very solid team that's based in Toronto um, that, you know, we mainly communicate with. Nice. So, so what is it specifically about crypto that made you kind of fall into it? Um, outside of just being having a natural affinity to code, obviously you're a developer, but I mean, there has to be something, or maybe it was the, cause I like to think that crypto has like three aspects to it. There's this currency aspect that's very elusive, um, and really nowhere near fulfilling. There's the investment aspect, which I think it knocks out of the ballpark. And then there's obviously the technology and mm-hmm. what, what it could do for people. Um, you know, and it's kind of far from those promises right now, but which do you identify it through one of those lanes or do you, were you just keen to it for other reasons? You know, the technology itself, um, the blockchain has always interested me. Um, I knew it's kind of, that's kind of a difficult question because I want to say it's a little bit of other lanes because I knew it's potential a lot earlier than some people did. Um, obviously there's like, you know, the gurus out there, um, Andreas, you know, he's been in the game forever. Um, and he knows what's up, but you know, I knew that it was going to emulate, um, the dot com boom. 
Um, and I knew that people were going to start doing incredible things with the technology. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to build something, you know, and be on the forefront of that kind of breakthrough in, you know, technology, decentralization, as they put it. When did you get in? What year? Uh, I bought my first Bitcoin actually in 2016. So not too long ago. I wasn't a, you know, super early adopter. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm actually pretty young. I'm only 24. Um, Congrats. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> you're, you're still early, man. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, I, I I wasn't too heavy into, you know, buying and holding or kind of just like collecting as much as I could. You know, I dabbled with um, the trading aspect of it. I really wanted to figure out a good um, trading technique um, with the volatility of, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum and some of the main coins, um, which is very difficult by the way. Um, but once I kind of got more into the technology, I realized like, you know, the currencies, the, you know, Bitcoin itself, that's not where it is. The technology is where it is. And that's really what's going to propel, you know, cryptocurrency into the future. Do you, do you wish that the currency and the technology would decouple or do, do. You, do you feel like, Oh, you, so you're in that camp where it, it would probably be better it's to separate. not going to happen. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, so I see both sides, you know, cryptocurrency. I don't, it's hard because I don't necessarily like that people only view it as like something of monetary value, you know, trying to explain it to people, trying to explain it to the sharks. Um, it's very difficult to explain the underlying technology, you know, where the value in this random thing that everybody says has value is, um, without, you know, defaming that it's a currency. Um, and yeah, you know, like you, people say like, yeah, you can't really spend it anywhere. And I'm like, well, to me, that's not necessarily the point. The point is, you know, it's not controlled by anybody. Um, and I'm a big fan of that decentralization aspect. I'm a big fan of the blockchain itself. So I would love to see them be decoupled. Obviously, whether that's going to happen is probably, you know, up to the masses, I guess, but you know, I don't know. Deep, like, give your thoughts on that because I remember when we first started, we thought merchant adoption was going to be the way to mass adoption. Obviously, that narrative has changed. That narrative hasn't changed. That narrative is the same. It's just merchants are lazy by default. They don't. They're not. They're not lazy. I'm not calling them lazy people. I'm mm-hmm. saying they do so much to run a business already. Why mm-hmm. are they going to add more friction into their business exactly. operation? Learning a whole new currency. Learning how to handle mm-hmm. the taxes, how to account for it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, do I treat it as a currency in my books or do I treat it as an, an asset in my books? That's mm-hmm. a different, those are two different accounting uh, practices. You can't treat them the same. And so yeah. that's why merchants aren't adopting because merchants aren't going to move until it's like frictionless. Like it's Teflon mm-hmm. Don. They can accept it and then their life is still easy. Um, mm-hmm. Hell, tell her we just experienced that in Prague. That's why people wouldn't didn't want to take our damn credit cards everywhere. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Cash, yeah. please, yeah. put that cash in my <laughs> hand." And I was like, "Look, man, I'm from the states. You know, take this credit card." They didn't speak English, like, but they didn't say <laughs> "cash, please." Yeah, and so that's why merchants don't want to adopt because the incentives are there. It's just too difficult. Like mm-hmm. you can get one of those Casa nodes. You can have a Lightning node and a Bitcoin wallet ready to go, except in sub Satoshi payments with your with your clients overnight 
Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that instead of pay the 3% to Visa? Well, they're willing to pay the 3% to Visa or however much it is because it's just easier. It's like mm-hmm. a convenience fee. And yeah. so. And I think ahead. in order to push that front, I think some of these, you know, bigger merchant players such as Square um, could really help out on that front. You know, if they kind of integrated, you know, cryptocurrency payments, sub Satoshi payments into their systems. You know, there's millions and millions of businesses that use Square itself. So some of these companies that are kind of jumping on board um, with, you know, blockchain, cryptocurrency, whatever, um, I think will definitely help on that front. Absolutely. Um, Somebody's going to figure out the magic equation. There's going to be a way to account for it. There's going to be a way um, to handle it and still satisfy your obligations to whatever government you live under. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just just kind of early. But I am in the opposite camp to where I think if you separate the token from the tech, then you're just going to have more powerful Googles and more powerful Facebooks and more powerful Amazons. And there's no decentralization. There's just a few companies with great tech, with this great blockchain tech, and they operate it well, and they make it easy for their customers. But... Now their customers are even in a stronger web of, well, we all know what Facebook and Google do. So (laughs) there's no need to go down that path. But Well, um, let's let's expand on that a little bit. You know, Mr. Wonderful seems like the logical choice to give you an investment since I see interviews about him talking about smart contracts and blockchain mm -hmm. technology. But like since the show is aired, what kind of guidance are you giving? Is it there's two roads that you can go? Hey, I know how to make this app successful. Because me and D, we talk about all the time, like an app or a social media platform has like a 3.5 year lifespan. Or Mm -hmm. are they saying, hey, I get this space. You should do this and that. Are you trying to make a successful app or are you trying to be like this kingpin in the crypto space? Like what avenue are you going down? Both, honestly. Um, So in order to achieve, so I'm the first, you know, cryptocurrency company that has gotten into homes that has gotten i guess quote unquote nationally recognized um a lot of crypto companies can't advertise a lot of crypto companies can't get out there and i'm this you know small little company that got out there and i want to make sure that you know i do it correctly i want to make sure that you know we push the space in the direction that it needs to go um i want to make sure we build a beautiful and um well-working application for our users and make sure that people that don't understand the things that we do feel safe and comfortable um, to invest in cryptocurrency because, you know, people unlike us, they think that cryptocurrency is too volatile. They think it's, you know, um, kind of like a gamble. They think it's gambling to invest, to buy, to use, to look at it. Um, And we want to change that. We want to make sure (laughs) that everyone can, you know, Invest in it. Yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's great what you're doing. I think you have a lot of competition just from people building this style of app, but you also mm-hmm. are legs ahead of them because yeah, hell, you got you just got Mister Wonderful to shake your hand on live TV. So, um, yeah. I think that is it, is it you know to take it back earlier in the conversation, you said your family got excited. Don't you think it's like funny? At least I do that. My family members and friends don't care until it's way after the time they should have been buying. I like, know. <laughs> I know. Right when the all-time highs, when your 
middle school friend hits you up after 10 years. Hey, man. Yeah, her Bitcoin's 20000 Should I just sell all of my life and then buy it now? It's like, no, man. I've been talking about this for four or five years. Like, what do you... Yeah. I mean, that, honestly, that's how the dot-com boom happened. That's why some of those major companies died because they're like, we don't need a website. What are we going to do with a website? We need stores. And, you know, that's why JCPenney, Sears, Toys R Us, I mean, they died because they didn't jump on the train. Yeah. So you use that that example to realize that UI and UX is important. Like to give this platform a seamless look, a seamless uh, uh, navigational experience so like your grandma can use it. Yes. And like, you know, I mentioned on the um, on the show that we, you know, released an MVP. Um, We tried to make the user experience as best as we possibly could, you know, and we've gotten ripped apart a little bit. People are, you know, telling us what we should change, what we should add. And I love that. I, I want them to tear it apart as much as they can so that I can provide a perfect product. I mean, that's how Instagram, that's how Facebook, that's how all of these big, you know, man gates in the space created something beautiful and perfect by getting broken down and adding what the users wanted. That's good. And then since you're a child of the Internet like us, um, mm-hmm. except for a little bit older children of the Internet, but getting ravaged online and, and feedback from online is like second nature to us so I'm, I'm sure it doesn't even you don't even blink an eye you're like okay no. whatever you think my app's a piece of shit what do you doing, Charles? <laughs> let me take a look at it <laughs> oh yeah i mean people people definitely roast a little bit but i mean it's good uh you know we can't grow if you know everyone's like hey you're doing great you know don't change anything and you know I know that's not true. I'm like, I could be doing something better. Please tell me. Well, I'm a, I, I've been a UI designer my, my whole damn professional life. And it's, you know, in this space like that, it's a seriously lacking department, whether it's an app or a whole damn company. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're one of the very few that are actually putting importance on that. So my hat's off to you. It's always nice seeing beautiful <laughs> UI in the space. Yeah, for sure. Did and- you uh, go ahead? Go ahead. Oh, no, I I was just going to expand on, you know, one of the main issues that I encountered while building Bundle um, was, you know, some of our competitors, some of our, um, you know, some people that aren't even our competitors that are just, you know, building applications in the crypto space. It was too complicated. Like it was made, it seemed like it was made for developers, Um, but they were targeting, you know, everyday users to try and get it out to the masses. And I was like, why this is too, you need to make this easier. Like this is too complicated. Like if my mom can't sign up for the app or the application or whatever you're doing without blinking an eye, then it's, you know, not good enough. Yeah. Do you, um, so right now does the app do more than, um, just Bitcoin and ether? Like, okay. So better question. What cryptocurrencies can someone, um, invest in with your app currently currently uh bitcoin bitcoin cash ethereum and litecoin um, okay so the majors yep the majors and we're gonna be expanding quite a bit in upcoming months um we are gonna be offering some things um that will definitely cater more towards um people that are interested in crypto but haven't gotten in the space yet um as much as we love our crypto community, um, you know, a lot of them are focused on altcoins. A lot of them are kind of focused 
um, more on technology. And we want to focus, like I mentioned, like 5 billion times already, we want to focus on um, the people that don't know anything. And we want to add features that kind of cater to them because the more people we get in, the better the space grows. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you go ahead? Go ahead, Joe. Well, I wanted to talk about the, like the shark attack effect because we are, <laughs> we're in this mass adoption. I mean, that's why we started this show. If mm-hmm. I go on shark tank and I got like this magical hairbrush, even if I don't get a deal, I'm pretty sure tomorrow I'm going to wake up and my sales are like oh, times 500. How, how did, what was your shark attack effect? Like, cause it's like, if I'm watching the show and I still don't know anything about crypto, I can't necessarily sign up and use your your app unless I'm like in the space. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. did you experience a surge or maybe you got a bunch of emails, people asking you about crypto. Cause I'm, I'm sure like you helped at least a few hundred people like get into the space <laughs> overnight. So business grew 250,000%. Bam. Love it. Course of one week. Yeah. Oh my God. I got to get on Shark Tank. I put a <laughs> handle on a bowl. And then yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> Which is incredible. I mean, the, the press alone, like when I mentioned that we we're the first nationally recognized crypto company, I wasn't playing. I mean, we were in CNBC, Forbes. Uh, we had an article on Bitcoin.com. I mean, people were just blasting it out everywhere like, hey, like this crypto company got an investment. What's going on here? Um, so that was a lot more powerful than the show. Um, obviously, you know, I think we had like 3.9 million people watch the show that night. Mm. Um, but I think, most, yeah, I think most of our um, growth came from the press because a lot of people elaborated on what happened. A lot of people elaborated on what this could do for the space. Um, obviously, I've, I've been had great support from the crypto community. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are like, Hey, like I can get Bitcoin with this. Like, how does this work? Why does this benefit me to micro invest? Um, and obviously, we love answering those questions. But um, it's just been good. It's been quick, um, a little too quick. Uh, I've been kind of flying <laughs> by the feet of my pants. I'm speaking in uh, New York and Quebec uh, this week. Flying out tomorrow, actually. Um, so it's just been ridiculous. Nice. Yeah. Um. So is it is is the business growing too? The you bringing on more? Is it just you? I mean, I picture you no. got a team, right? Yeah, the business is definitely growing. So um, right now uh, we have a team of about five. Um, so I have a co-founder. Um, he, you know, he's our operations officer. Helps run more of the business than I do, probably. Um, we have a CTO. Um, we have a marketing officer, and then we have a couple designers and a couple developers. Um, so right now. Um, we've been staffing up. So if any of you guys out there want a job, send me an email. I'll send you an email. Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've been, we've been growing. We're trying to keep it to where we don't, um, have too many growing pains. It's kind of difficult with, um, Shark Tank because everything's going, you know, zero to 1000 in you know, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been really good. Um, lots of growth, lots of, um, lots of breakage. Um, obviously that type of stress on the system. Um, I did my best to prepare for it and we handle it that night, but there's definitely been some, you know, fires that we've been putting out the past Mm -hmm. two weeks. Can I, can I ask you a difficult question? Yes. 
course. Any regrets giving up 50%? Oh. Regrets. Regret is a strong word. <laughs> because I you didn't you didn't know you were going to get 250,000% increase the next day because in that moment you got to take a deep breath like cuz the the future mm-hmm. is uncertain. What's interesting about that interaction, they didn't actually show the full interaction. Um so I'll give you guys a sneak peek because there's already an article about it. So I'm not telling you guys anything illegal. Um, So I actually tried to fight with Kevin a little bit. Mm -hmm. So he offered that 50%. And I was like, you know, that's kind of high. And I started saying, would you take? I said those three words. And he started shaking his head no. Like he was like, nah, dude. (laughs) And my co-founder was on the phone ready to, you know, for me to call him to discuss anything with him as they do sometimes on the show. Um, and I asked, I was like, Hey, can I go speak to my co-founder? And he said, no, he was like, you're the CEO. I want you to make this decision. And Mark was like, it's a good deal, man. You know, I take it. And <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I'm I'm like, sorry. I was thought it'd be really funny. You look over Mark Cuban's like, go for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was savage, but you know, I thought about it. I weighed the pros and cons really quickly. Um, I knew, uh, a little bit about his track record. Um, and I I knew that for my goal for starting Bundle, I knew that it was a great move. Um, I knew that to propel it to where we want it to go, we got to get someone backing it that has a good name in the finance industry. And there's no better name than Kevin O'Leary. For sure. Um, so obviously, I would have loved to give up less than 50%. But, you know. It is what it is. I, I had a question. What about the people? So I like your your audience um, uh, targeting people that have never heard of crypto because at this point, that's pretty much an endless well. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of people out there that never heard of it. Um, mm-hmm. But what about that huge group of people that have heard of it, have mm-hmm. been hearing about it for years, but they're kind of numb. They don't want to hear about it anymore. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they don't want to invest in it. Maybe mm-hmm. they they think they don't want to invest in it because it just seems every time they try to jump into it, they just get lost in the sauce. They don't know where to go. They don't know an exchange. Like, how do you, are you even worried about getting that group of people to say like, oh, oh let me try out this bundle app. Like, it looks like it's easy. Like, Of course. That's where most of the, uh, the roasting comes from in regards to the app. Um, a lot of veteran crypto users um have certain feelings about the way we do things um which is fine like you know i want their opinions i want to make it better for everyone um we have some features coming down the pipeline that cater specifically towards people that um have been in the game for a long time that you know know what a a a private key is and a public key is that know you know what cold storage is that know what a hardware wallet is you know people that know what to do and what to do in the space we want to make them feel welcome as well it's going to be more difficult um i must say because we can't appease both sides and Mm -hmm. as much as i want to say that i will bring those people in i think right now with the space and how it's kind of you know shifting and moving right now um i think going after new people 
um, as the primary target is a better option. Um, that sounds kind of crazy. It sounds like I'm abandoning my kids, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, we, we definitely have support for them out there in the future. We're adding some pretty awesome new features in coming weeks. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why, you know, I just wanted to disclose this, like we're not, we're not CNBC, you know, we're not trying to poach off hot news, whatever. Like nice. we, st- we started the show cause we're entrepreneurs ourselves and we're a pretty big media platform. We got like over 2 million downloads and all that, but we appreciate entrepreneurs. We appreciate your spirit. We, we wish you, you know, the, the best luck, the best success. And uh, if there's anything our media platform can do to boost you at any point, man, just, just reach out and let us know. Dude, for sure. I appreciate that. Did, uh, did Jet Magazine reach out to you yet? <laughs> Jet. No, not yet. Send them, send them. If you know anybody, send them an email. That's when uh, that's when grandma knows it's big. Yeah, it's a big deal. I've yep. told my grandma what I do and she's like, I don't care. I don't <laughs> care at all. I just want to know if you've read your Bible in the last week. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh. well, yeah. I'm getting Jet Magazine for you, grandma. Um, anyways, uh, we have a trademark question that we ask okay. all of our guests. Okay. And that is, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Yes, I can. Um, Is there this long of a pause? I'm gonna give you that Family Feud X if you take any longer. <laughs> okay. I would say um, Bitcoin is like a digital stock that can be broken up into chunks. A beautiful answer. We'll take that. All right, that's eight words too. Congratulations, <laughs> you've won. Uh, well, really nothing. We don't give out prizes, but. <laughs> We will give you a check sign, I guess. Uh, cool. Well, thank you very much, Dimitri. Amazing name. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, for coming to the show. And like Cello said, yeah, we'd love to help get the word out even more than a, a Mr. Wonderful Handshake, which is impossible because 3.9 viewers in one night is amazing. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, congratulations on all the success so far. We wish you the best. I all appreciate right, man. it, man. And we're back. Back from the interview with Dimitri Love. He is the CEO of Bundle. It is an app that is like Lawnmower. Um, there's lots of apps like that now, but if you can't get enough of telling people that don't need to hear about crypto about crypto and they want to own it, then they need an app like that. Or if they, they don't know they, they don't know if they want to own it. Yeah, that's more like that. It's like they're like, I don't know if I want to own it. It's like, what if we just up, 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 rounded up your dollars? I would say, out of all the apps, use that one though because it has backing of a shark. Like they, it has the strongest infrastructure and the strongest team behind it. In terms of like building that. a business and a good business model, and not 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 sucking, mm-hmm. not having a good idea without a good business behind it. Yeah, he's got a team behind him now. Got my team yeah. on my back. I love, though, what I do love, and Dimitri, I hope you're listening to this, and I hope that by the time it comes back around, you can prove me wrong. But when you ever, if you ask someone, like, what are their future plans? 
And nobody's ever just like, oh, just to keep making my app really, really good at the thing that it does. And he was like, oh, we're, we're going to be doing so many things. And I'm just thinking, like, what can you do? What all can you do if you're just rounding people's, like, transactions up to the dollar? Like, what are you going to... Man, you, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things you can do to make that experience better for, like, tracking things. I remember, remember the lawnmower guys had a lot of stuff in terms of, like, analytics. Yeah, that's that's true. You can do that. There's a lot of stuff you could do there. There's all this like but provide that's... news or whatever. Like it could just be your like your 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 app for the source of getting information as well as passively investing in things. There's things you can do, but I mean, I like what you said. Just make sure your core focus. You're doing that really well, and you're getting it to the people who need to be getting it. Yeah. Don't don't. But it's, it's really easy. The next step though. Is once people accumulate all this crypto from like the three cents left over from their coffee and whatever, then they need to figure out what they're going to do with it. And these apps don't tell you what to do with it. Well, that could be part of the app. That's a, this is how we do it. We integrate with other things that like help you spend that money. Yeah. Like what if it was, you know, coupled with like E-Trade and you could take some of that crypto and buy stock or something with it. And then from the stock, you could sell it to your bank account. Yeah. I wanted to... Yeah, I mean that's that's always those are always good options. I mean maybe that's cause some of the stuff they're gonna do, but I I know I'm excited to see it, and uh, I just wish one day somebody would say like, yeah, we're not gonna do any of those other things. We're just gonna like do what we do really really well. And like I hate how companies have like the newer startup companies and tech companies and stuff. It's it's all about like let's iterate, reiterate, and redo, and make scope new, creep, make that yeah like. Make this thing. You see how that's blue? We're going to make it dark purple now. People are going to lose their shit. And it's like, man. And then you go down to like a shop and they're like, yeah, we've pretty much just fixed ceiling fans for 75 years. <laughs> and and people love how we fix their ceiling fans. Like they always work. They never creak. You're, it's, you're describing uh, the new Mac OS because I got this really cool dark theme where everything used to be silver and now it's not. But everything else is broke. And everything, everything used to work, and now scary. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But everything looks really cool. Why yeah. I, I think Mojave bricked my, my laptop that I've had since 2013. Yeah. I'm literally think, in the process of backing it up so that I can start over because Mojave sucks. And yeah, I, I sent a tweet out saying, hey, did, did Mojave break anybody else's computer? And like everybody DM'd me. That's like, like, that's yeah, like your number one tweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, it's crazy. My computer actually exploded. So, <laughs> I mean, this is all I'm saying is that like we've we're kind of children of the information age, right? Like we were here before the internet, and we know how things were. We got a taste of that. I think maybe some of our older siblings really, really got a taste of it. They were like, "Man, he man, is this all we get?" <laughs> but then, like, <laughs> but um, we're used to things changing that we love. And we just relearn it. You know what I mean? Like our user story is like Facebook is so different than it was when it first started up 10, 12 years ago. But every time it changed, we were like, okay, this is my feed. This is my feed now. Let me just figure out how this thing works and and go for it. But I think like this new these new philosophies need to go a little bit back to the old world and just like, hey, how about we just do one like let's not change for the sake of changing maybe let's change security protocols so we we always are ahead of the thieves but 
Like, do we need to make our customers learn something new every year? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe that's a tactic to get buy-in from your user base. But I, I I feel like it's it's changing for the sake of changing, which is not necessary. But, I think a lot of a lot of what happened with uh, like keep the continuous rechanging. Like, so let's take Facebook for example, and how they've continuously changed the way things worked and operated, and so on and so forth. Is that the the channel in which you absorb the material kept changing, like phones. It like it went from like using the computer to access Facebook more often than not to only doing it on your phone or like an iPad or something like that. So you had to mm. really, really, really focus on people using it through that through that channel and optimizing for that thing while also being usable on the other ones because they still want to offer that type of thing. And because phones have become so ubiquitous and so powerful and any and all different types of devices are accessing the same material, you've they've had to like revamp how you access these things that are natural and usable and like and and don't suck yeah i i get that i i i can i can get that but i don't know tell you're the marketing guy you you have opinions on this how do you feel do you feel like it's necessary in software development and and releasing products software products that like you've got to keep changing it yes. yeah that's why Google Pixels are the best phones out there because they are the only company that's consistently giving you software updates every two weeks. Okay, now to that same argument, if you go to Google.com and you look at that, it looks exactly the fucking same as it did back in 1999. I mean, yeah. But that, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not connected to the phone, you know? Huh? That's not connected no, to the but phone. No, but think about all the services they offer. Think about how, like... They've changed Gmail over and over and over again. They had Inbox. They're getting rid of Inbox. They've had all these different things. Like All of that stuff changed drastically. And like what types of things you could do with your Google account changed drastically. Just because the, like, the initial search engine didn't change. That's not where Google gets yeah, everything. Yeah, the core, as I'm saying, like the core didn't... The core of Google is not the search anymore. Yeah, I know. Google's changed. Yeah, they, I never... Um... I didn't say they're the best. I'm just saying they're the only ones that are that are providing this level of support. I'm not a big fan of Google right now, personally. But <laughs> Google needs to have the old uh, what's what's the quote from uh, Batman: Dark Knight. You either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. That is happening to Google in front of our eyes. Like so many people I run into now are like, "Fuck Google, motherfuck Google." I don't give a shit. Fuck their ads. Who are you Fuck talking to? <laughs> <laughs> we just interviewed a guy like not too long ago who was like, yeah, Google's pretty much evil. They sell all of your user information. And then he did said the same thing about Facebook and he deduced like because of Facebook's uh, earnings, they make $50 a year per user. He's not Facebook wrong. User. He's not wrong. That's that's their business model. Selling yeah. user data. But selling people as the products, and he was like, "Yeah, everybody's evil." And then so Facebook is becoming, you know, Google, just a different version of Google with their algorithms that they run. So it's just like people are really upset at like the Fang, Fang, Fang and MAGA. What are you talking about? I'm talking Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. People are upset with them. 
because they're becoming these super data I've silos. I've never heard that acronym before. Oh, Jack, Jack Tater was really trying to make that work. Nobody took it. Oh, okay. No, that's like a big deal on Wall Street. They all know FANG, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. And then MAGA's Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Amazon Web Services. Yeah, because but MAGA, technically can't say different. MAGA, though. Yeah, you can't say MAGA because people think, you know... Make America great again! Yeah, but on Wall Street, when you say MAGA, you mean Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and I think AWS. Because Amazon's retail business is separate than its AWS business, but they're still both, like, behemoths. So... Cool. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. This is a, the more you guys know. This, this, that was so. not a lot of crypto this this, this episode, but... Suck it. Um... <laughs> I mean, is there much to talk about in crypto? There's so to much to talk about. So much cool shit. Well, let's shit. talk about one thing before we wrap it up. I don't uh, I don't know. We got Shark Tank Insight. That's cool. Uh, I'll talk about one thing. I don't think there's any correlation between price changes and hash rate. There's close to zero correlation. You got actually. a blog coming out for that, too. And actually, uh, uh, Gunsreer talked about that at DevCon. And how basically the hash rate is not... Like, it's worthless. I mean, it's like there's it's a lot of wasted waste. It doesn't it doesn't really increase the security as much as people think it does in terms of like validating transactions. Like all the stuff that needs to be done in terms of validation, it can be done by anyone. And it's just this it's just this race of a game. That is well, yeah. That's the there's point. arguments there. There's a lot of arguments there. Trust me, I'm not I'm not agreeing with them. But like, he talked about that at DevCon. This is sometimes what I, 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 I love to hate about ac- academics is that you will like go into the weeds about some shit that is like very understandable at a surface level. And I get why you do it because of research and because humanity needs the depth. But everybody knows you can validate transactions without the mining. Like Visa's been doing that shit for years. So like what's the point of going in on that? Like and I don't understand yeah, like I don't understand why you need to do a bunch of research to to answer that very simple question. Like when it's currently existing, why do we need to? Why do we need to do that? And plus, it's part of the game. It's like, do you go? Do you take out a board game like Trouble and then figure out all the loopholes and the rules? I mean, there's gonna be loopholes to the rules, but it's a game, so you either play the game or you don't. Well, that's a. Proof of work works because that's the only thing we had that was a different in terms of consensus. But if we can find something that works better, that doesn't use as much wasteless energy, then we should use that instead. That's that's all I'm saying. Like it works because that's the only thing we know works. And there's a lot of experiments trying to find new ways of things that work better or as good that aren't as wasteful as proof of work does. If we find that yeah. and it works, we should switch wholeheartedly to it. But it's gonna be a while until we have the same confidence level. Of whether or not it works. Do the people that are playing the previous game want to switch? You gotta well, take that who gives a shit? shit? I mean, like that's like that's like saying it's that's like asking if the banks want us to have Bitcoin. Like, who gives a shit? Like, if it, if it works better, we need to have it. If it, if it helps people do the things they want to do and live the lives they want to live, we should do it. Not not if mm-hmm. a, a few a few very powerful people don't want it to happen. Yeah, I mean. That's a time. That's a that's a tale as old as time, my friend. Yeah. The tale of two cities or some shit like. Wrap that. it up. 
Yeah. So, uh, so that's it for today's episode. If you want a real DevCon recap, there's like 30,000 of them on the internet. Um, but you didn't miss much. Talked about scaling. Vitalik sang, and it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. Uh, yeah. Nerd. Serenity now. Uh, uh, let's see here. So, um, yeah. So what do we do? The Bitcoinpodcast.com. Hope is still there by the time that you get this. Uh, <laughs> we we have a lot of shows um, that you could check out. Man, Coachello, like the bullpen podcast is really taking off. Like, I'm not just saying that. Like, I looked at the data and it's it's really growing fast. So shout out to Lyndon. If you haven't been listening to the Crypto Bully, he's basically just a dude who got swept into crypto and he's basically audio... He's, he's interviewing people that you may not have heard of, but are extremely intelligent and popular in their own circles and kind of tangential to the crypto space. But um, it's, he's making it work. Um, I will say this, though, that um, Morgan Freeman lead in is getting old, my friend. <laughs> you might want to change that. It is not aging well. Um, plus, that guy is like doing the same Morgan Freeman voice for other content on the internet and I've heard it in this creepy. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, an ether show dose of ether. Um, they just released a recap of, uh, what was that conference? Shall uh, the crypto invest summit, crypto invest summit in LA in Los Angeles. Uh, Amy's got a show coming out with Ken Moyles soon. Uh, Ken Moyles is a dude who is smart um good one he he is the he was the ceo of uh sorry he's the chief legal and policy officer uh, what can i say to pass time as i figure out who this guy is <laughs> why you gotta put me on frustrating man uh, he's the c he's the policy whatever director of docusign which if you've never used docusign before why don't you go back to the 20th century you fucking noob no I'm kidding um DocuSign's awesome for signing documents electronically, private keys and such. Um, what else, Corey? You've got hashing it out. Sometimes I forget about hashing it out, and I'm sorry about that. What? Sometimes when I'm explaining like all of the shows that we have, I forget about hashing it out. I don't care. It's fine. Which is no, you don't. People you know who I am. Care. People, people, people see it. People I'm, know the, me. The, 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 I the will show say is like, doing what I want. Um. Hey, uh, Goon Sarir was on hashing out, and then Goon Sarir was on Laura Shin, and everyone blew a load. Like, go listen to hashing out. Listen to our stuff. Like, don't just automatically go to this arbitrary popular podcast. We interview. Laura them Shin too. does a really good job. She does a really uh, good job. I mean, it's, it's just a, a, a decent it's job. It's different. It's a different show than mine. That's very true. But it doesn't warrant the popularity. Like, they're both well, great. It's, well, in terms that. of popularity, like the amount of people who want to go as deep as I'm going is much, much smaller than the audience she's going after. Who doesn't mm. want to go balls deep? A lot of people. <laughs> Call it, I mean, you and Colin need to remake those shirts that you had in college, but put your emblem on. The, <laughs> the, balls, ball, the balls deep shirts? The balls deep hand signal? I thought that was so funny. That was funny. Uh, yeah. Incredibly um, inappropriate. Hey, this is welcome to hashing out where we go balls deep. <laughs> yeah, that would That's be a new intro. Way. Is that my new intro? It's kind of, that should be your intro though. With like the I don't know if you guys, noise. 
follow <laughs> Barstool Sports at all. Do you follow this Barstool Sports guy? No. He, like, travels around the world eating slices of pizza and grading them on a scale of 0.0 to 10.0. That's... And it's just so funny. And he says these things that stick with you. Like, he'll come walking out of a pizza joint, and he's like, hey, guys, you know the rules. One bite. And then he takes, like, 15 bites. So it's, like, really funny. He's like, one bite, you know the rules. And then he eats a whole slice of pizza, and he's like, ah, I give it a 4.2. It's got room to grow. But uh, you, you, you and Colin should be like, all right. Hatching it out where we go balls deep. Let's uh let's do it. Anyways, All right, uh, ex 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 guests, you ready to go balls deep on whatever you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's a woman. She's gonna be like, uh Yeah, that's 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 how you really gain garner attention. Get, Has a get, woman been on hashing it out? Uh yeah. yeah. I think. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't remember I don't remember half the guests we've had on the show to be honest. I'd have to look Corey back doesn't at the thing. see gender. So I interview you and then I forget it for the people. <laughs> Um, so it's been documented. Uh, Why would I need to remember it? So um, you can keep tabs on the space, right? How how do you progress in the space if you forget all the information? If it makes you feel any better. Uh, I think about ninety nine percent of the people I've had on the show have been white males. So hashtag diversity. Yeah, but they're not named like Kevin. They're all named like Oric and Manub or some weird name. Like uh, they're no no women. I haven't had a woman. They're all, they're all. Oh, I have. Take that back. I have. I had Manush Movahedi from uh, Definity. That was a great episode. Uh, they're all plotting with the blessing of Thanos to take down the Avengers, like some Eastern European dude. Who? Yeah. I'm gonna edit the episode. Oh. We're going balls deep with Manush. <laughs> we gonna. I wonder if I'm gonna get some like pushback because I'm interviewing a bunch of white males and only a few minorities. Granted. It's, it's, well, it's not intentional, so of course, I it's, not, no. of course it's not intentional. But that social just, social justice warriors don't give a shit about intentional. Yeah. Well, your last episode was a black dude. Yeah, sure was. People also don't like to come at us incorrect because of the small amount of fucks that we give. For when <laughs> you come at us incorrect, they're like, oh, "I'm just wasting my time." And we're like, "Yeah, you're wasting your time." So, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, shit, we do lots of things. Um, the Bitcoin podcast, uh, sorry, medium.com slash the Bitcoin podcast is our publication slash blog. Um, the, the hosts um, use it like DJs released a blog on there. Lyndon from the Crypto Bully has core. You've got your writings on there. I've got some of my I'm moving uh, all writings. my writing to scent. We'll do both. Sorry, because this is where our current publication is. Um, we will have a podcast releasing on scent that you guys can seed. Yeah, you'll learn all about that shit because I interviewed Max and Cam from Scent. And um, wow, that company's doing things. Um, uh, what else do we do? Play the outro. Yeah, um, just check us out. BitcoinPodcast.com. Uh, play 